0: So just tell me if I should be concerned about this. This is how our uh, Advent season has gone thus far. Notice that I did say Advent season. It's not Christmas season. All right. You got to be very careful when you're around very serious Christians. And you call December Christmas season? You're, you're gonna be corrected that this is Advent season. Christmas season starts at Christmas, okay? Anyway, tell me this is how our Advent season has gone thus far. Uh, we got a Christmas tree, a lot, you know, the, the the real Christmas tree for whatever reason, and our Christmas tree fell over. And if that wasn't bad enough, the head fell off of our Saint Joseph statue in our manger set. So that's a headless Joseph and a downed Christmas tree. And this is all just in the first, you know, weekend of Advent. It's gotta be some kind of bad omen, right? Just a a very bad omen. (sighs) But it's just, Christmas trees are, uh, they're they're just just not worth the trouble. They are not, even, you know, the live ones are just ridiculous. Even the fake, it's just, it's not worth the trouble at all. I had, when I lived alone as a bachelor for five years, I didn't do, you know, I didn't have Christmas tree. I didn't do a Christmas tree. I didn't do, uh, because that's just a sad, it's a sad thing when you're, uh, when you live alone as a, just a, you're you're a bachelor living alone and you, have, and you go out and get a Christmas tree just for yourself. It felt like a set, you know, it felt kind of sad not to have one, but then it also felt sad to have one. So I didn't have a Christmas tree. I didn't do, you know, anything. I didn't do lights or anything. And it was fine. You know, I could focus on Jesus. I didn't have to worry about all the, But all the extra fluff. Anyway, um, different topic. On Monday, uh, uh, this past Monday, this week, uh, Al Gore was invited to Trump Tower to meet with Ivanka Trump. And then Donald Trump himself apparently also met with Al Gore about climate change. Now, why is the president elect's leftist daughter? having meetings on behalf of the incoming Trump administration and why is she having a meeting with an un- environmentalist huckster no less and 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 why is the Trump team legitimizing the man-made climate change myth these are all good questions that many Republicans will not ask because they've decided that questioning Trump is an act of treason um, and you think I'm joking about that by the way if you haven't really been paying attention or if you haven't conversed much with a lot of Republicans this election season about questioning Trump as an act of treason, but I really, I I have on on multiple occasions, I have been personally accused of actual treason for criticizing Donald Trump. I'm not joking. Actual. And the people saying this, they're, they aren't joking. They're not being hyperbolic in I mean, they're not trying to be hyperbolic. They really, believe they, actually they either really believe that it is treason or at least that it should be. That's the truth. There are, I'm not saying it's a majority, but there are Republicans out there that you might converse with on Facebook, um, who would really be okay with imprisoning. I believe with, with imprisoning people who criticize Trump. That, that's how they act. I mean, I have no reason to believe otherwise. Um, but of course, just on this one example of the, uh, of the meeting with Al Gore. Of course, we all know that every Republican in the country would erupt with contempt and mockery if Obama sent, uh, you know, one of Malia to meet with Al Gore. And deservedly so. And I know you might say, well, Malia, which one of the Obama girls is the older one? The one in college. I think that's Malia, right? Um, But whichever one, the, the older one. And yeah, she's in college Ivanka Trump is older. Ivanka Trump is what 30, 35. Ivanka Trump is s- supposedly the vice president or something like that of she she's she has a position in the Trump organization that she only has because she's Trump's daughter. Um so yeah, she's older and all that, but she's not she wasn't she's not elected. She was not elected. She, there's no reason to believe at all that she's even slightly qualified to be anywhere near the White House or to be involved in anything going on in the White House or with the incoming Trump administration. She's as qualified for that as Malia, if not less qualified, because at least Malia has been in the White House for eight years. Not qualified at all. At all. So it is analogous. A president sending his daughter in an, an official capacity to meet with Al Gore, the guy who made a documentary about climate change 10 years ago a a, a, a sense debunked many times over documentary, by the way. So he'd be mocked for that. Can you imagine Malia and Al Gore meeting at the you know, the, in the oval office or something like that, he would be mocked for that relentlessly, relentlessly and deservedly. So Al Gore is a joke. Man-made climate change is fabricated. The president's daughter is not qualified to have any official or semi-official or quasi-official role in a presidential administration. Um, The whole spectacle would be ridiculous if Obama were responsible for it. And it's just as ridiculous with Trump. That's my analysis of it. And I bring this up, you know, just this one example up, not to harp on it, um, because it's not even the most concerning thing that we've seen coming from the the incoming Trump administration so far. We'll we'll get to the most concerning thing in a moment. But uh, many people have asked me, the reason I bring it up is that many people have asked me, what my strategy, my strategy will be with Trump in the White House. Will I criticize him? Will I support him? Will I uh, jump on the bandwagon finally? Or will I lurk in the shadows hurling spitballs at Trump over every little thing? Every little thing I got to criticize. And look, I admit that I much prefer hurling spitballs at politicians. I much prefer that role. In fact, I think it's a downright patriotic act to hurl spitballs at politicians. It's it's the most American thing possible. But I will reserve my spitballs for the times when they're warranted. And this is a time when they're not the biggest spitball in the world, but a smaller one. It's a small small to medium-sized spitball should be shot at Donald Trump over this one. Meeting with Al Gore over climate change. Involving your daughter in it. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. So... What I mean to say is, for those asking, what's my strategy? Well, my strategy is this. I will criticize Trump when he deserves it, and I will support him when he deserves it. That's my strategy. It's the same one I've employed for every president in my lifetime. Going back to the first Clinton administration, when I was like uh, you know, uh, six or seven years old, And even back then, I was complaining about presidents, believe me. And I complain and I attack them if they deserve to be complained about and attacked. If they do good things, I say, that was a good thing. And if they do bad things, I say, that was a bad thing. It's very simple, really. Good does not become good just because a Democrat does it, and bad doesn't become good. Um, Wait, I think I, hold on a second. I'm getting myself confused. Good doesn't become bad just because a democrat does it and bad doesn't become good just because a republican does it or vice versa good is good bad is bad um now it's true that me myself and many conservatives you know we've opposed nearly everything obama's done but i can only speak for myself here it's not because he's not on my team it's not because he's on the other team it's because uh, nearly everything he's done has been wrong. So I've been forced to criticize nearly everything he's done. I don't want to, really, but it's just the way it goes. I, I I wish that he wasn't wrong about everything, but he's been wrong about everything, so he gets criticized over everything. I don't care whose team he's on. When I watch, I was watching f- football on Sunday. My Baltimore Ravens beat the uh, the Miami Dolphins thirty eight to six. It was a great. It was great. It was a fantastic game. Um, Although as I was watching the game, you know, my wife is in the room and uh, she had the baby. The baby fell asleep lying in his uh, little swing thing in the room as I was watching the game, which meant and when the baby's asleep, you know, everyone has to be quiet. You can't move the baby when he's sleeping because he'll wake up. So, and this was like in the beginning of the latter part of the first quarter. So that meant for the rest of the game, I was not allowed to yell at the TV. I couldn't shout, you know, shouts of elation or frustration. I couldn't do it. I had to be completely quiet watching a football game, which is, re- which is basically impossible for me to do. I did my best, but it's very difficult. Anyway, um, when I watch football, my, my idea of a good play changes drastically depending on who runs it. If my team, you know, throws the 57-yard touchdown, I will celebrate. If the other team throws it, I'll weep like a girl and complain bitterly that the left guard practically tackled one of our pass rushers and the stupid refs didn't even call it because the whole thing is rigged. Rigged, I tell you. The refs are after us. But if the shoe's on the other foot and uh, touchdown goes against the other team, and their fans are complaining about a hold and saying it's rigged, i say, oh, shut up, you whiners. That's just the way the, ga- that's the way the game works. Stop complaining. Why? Because I'm a relativist when it comes to sports. When it comes to sports, I'm a relativist. Good things are only good if they happen to my side, and if they happen against my side, then they're bad. That's, that's the way it goes. I'm a relativist when it comes to sports. But when it comes to politics... We shouldn't be relativists. When it comes to matters of policy, politics, personally, I just want the right place to be called. I don't give a damn who calls them. It doesn't matter to me. If the right thing happens, then that's all that matters. That's, that's what I care about. So that's my pledge with, uh, as it pertains to Donald Trump. I won't rationalize everything he does just because I'm a conservative. That's not going to happen. But I also won't criticize everything he does just because I was an avowed never-Trumper. As a conservative, I believe in two things, and I believe in them um, very strongly. Having consistent standards and judging based on merits. And I intend to to apply both of those principles to Donald Trump. I'll judge him based on his merits, and uh, I'm going to have consistent standards. But the merit thing That, that it starts now. I mean, it doesn't, yeah, he's not in the white house yet, but he's, he's laying the foundation. He's making appointments. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's doing things now as president elect. And so right now we, we can form opinions. Are we in favor of what he's doing and what he's saying, or are we against it? And if we're against it, now is the time to speak up. You don't wait. If he's going down the wrong path, don't say, well, let him walk down this path for path for two, three, four years. And and then we'll, you know, and, and then maybe we'll speak up if it doesn't play out. If it's the wrong path, now's the time to say it before he even gets in the White House. So although it's a smaller thing, but him taking seriously uh, the idea of man-caused climate change, meeting with Al Gore, that's a bad thing. That's the wrong move. And here's the other thing you have to keep in mind about Donald Trump. And I know, I know that uh, Trump fans, um, and I, and I draw a distinction here between Trump fans and just conservatives who, like me, are rooting for Trump to do a good job and will support him if he does, but uh, are not like, f- we're not fans of any politician. W- we are supporters of, of supporters of ideas, of policies, and we want to see those ideas and policies implemented. His fans, his actual fans who care, and those are the people that, and I'm not going to say who's a fan and who isn't, but his fans are the ones who care, who just, they're, whatever Trump does, they're in favor of. It doesn't matter what it is. They just want, they just like Donald Trump and whatever he does that, you know, if Donald Trump becomes a socialist, then they'll be socialist. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're in favor of Don- If Donald Trump says he likes vanilla ice cream, they like vanilla ice cream, okay? That's, if Donald Trump says he eats uh, roasted uh, beetles for breakfast, then they're going to go out and roast some beetles and have them for breakfast. It doesn't matter. That's because they're fans. Of, and there are people in that category. But his fan, and I know his fans don't want to hear this kind of thing, but this is the reality of Donald Trump. He's not a, he's not a, a man who is ideological. Um, he's not a man who has these really deep principles for the most part. So he's very easily influenced. And so you get somebody like Al Gore around him and Al Gore, uh, flatters him and compliments him. Donald Trump will start becoming a proponent of man caused climate change because of that. This is how you get Donald Trump to like you. You just say nice things about you. If you're nice to him and say nice things about him, he's going to like you. He's not even going to like, he's not only going to like you. He's going to like what you stand for. We've seen this. This is how Trump is. Um, the positive end of that, potentially, is that he could govern like a pragmatist, meaning uh, he'll kind of do what works. But but even that, you know, having a politician who's a quote-unquote pragmatist and does what works, that can be bad. Because what works, if they're looking at it from a political standpoint, they can say, well, this is what works politically. And so I'm going to do that. But if he's a pragmatist in a more um, in a more substantive sense, and he says I want to do what works for the country, what's best for the country, and I don't care what ideology it technically fits into, that could be a good thing. But he's got to be steered. We got to be very careful about steering him in the right direction there. So applying the print, you know, being consistent with Donald Trump, judging him based on merits. What does that mean? It means, uh, just for instance, so f- take some examples so far when. Um, when Trump appoints General Mattis as defense secretary, I say, great job. Great job. That was, that was the right move. When Trump is unfairly maligned for having a phone call with the president of Taiwan, as he has been, he had a, pres- he had a phone call with the president of Taiwan, people are mad at him because, because China didn't like it. In that case, I say the critics need to back off. Since when do we let China... Since when? Since when should our president... Only talk to people that China likes or recognizes or whatever. Come on. It's ridiculous. When Trump appoints um, Jeff Sessions to head the DOJ, or uh, uh, who's the guy, Price, a pro-lifer to head HHS, and is attacked for it, I say, great job again. You did the right thing. Trump appoints Price to HHS, and uh, Planned Parenthood freaks out over it. Says the, he's the most anti-abortion a, a, a person who's ever been in a in a cabinet, a presidential cabinet. I say awesome. Now, I don't. By the way, I don't like. Generally, I don't like judging things this way. Where it's like, well, if if a certain group or person doesn't like something, that means I like it. You got to be careful about judging things based on that. But with Planned Parenthood, it really does. It it pretty much works that way for me. If Planned Parenthood comes out against something or someone there's a 99.999% certainty that that thing or that person is really great and we should support it that that's because Planned Parenthood is evil to its core so so honestly if um if plant it's at the point now where if Planned Parenthood came out and and denounced moon landing conspiracies, I would have to stop and think, well, maybe there is something to the moon landing conspiracy. (laughs) And heck, if they don't like it, then there must be something to it. I would at least give it a second look if Planned Parenthood came out and denounced it. Um, So those are all positive things. But when Trump has Ivanka meet Al Gore or has her sit in on a meeting with the Japanese prime minister, which he did, I say she's not a princess. This is not a royal family. Your kids aren't in the administration with you, nor should they be. And uh, more concerning than that, when Trump strikes up a crony capitalist deal with Carrier to keep him in the U.S., but then turns around and and threatens other companies, saying he's going to levy punitive taxes against them if they leave, I say this is America. You don't get to appoint winners and losers. You don't get to hand out favors or dole out punishments to private companies based on how you happen to feel at the moment. I mean, this is, what, this is what we've heard from Trump so far. He's, he supposedly kept Carrier in the U.S. by making a, a special deal with them that doesn't apply to anybody else. And then meanwhile, a couple of days ago, he goes on this long rant on Twitter saying to, saying to businesses, you better not leave. If you leave, you're going to be in trouble. You're not allowed. I'm going to tax you. Mike Pence has asked, well, you know, how is this going to work exactly? Who is he going to penalize? Pence says, well, it's going to go on a day-to-day basis. So basically, however Trump feels on that particular day, that's how he wants to do it. Now, fortunately, the, I don't know if Trump knows. I really don't know if Trump understands this or not, but the, the president does, cannot levy taxes on his own. Um, so he's going to need Congress for that. And I, I find it really hard to believe that Congress is going to go along with a 35% punitive tax on uh, companies that make goods outside of the U.S. Because no matter how you feel about that, about companies moving outside the U.S., a couple things, a couple points on that. Number one, big reason why a lot of companies leave is because of uh, suffocating regulations in the United States. That's why they leave, because they can't handle the regulatory environment. So if you want to bring them back, rather than trying to punish them and yell at them on Twitter, what you could do is get rid of some of the regulations and maybe they come back. Because here's the, th- here's the thing. If I'm a company and, uh, and the regulations are suffocating me and costing me millions and millions of dollars, and I know that I can move my business uh, to Mexico or China or whatever or wherever, and avoid that and say and save that money and reinvest it in my company or give it to my employees or what have you, I'm going to move the company. Why wouldn't I? And guess what? It's America. I should have that freedom. This, this is my company. These are my goods. They're not yours. You don't have a right. I can do what I want. It's, it's my stuff. Look, I, I have a business making toothpicks. They're my toothpicks. Who are you to tell me that I have to make them in this particular location? You want me to make them here? Then, then create an environment where... Where I feel invited to make them here, but Pence basically says, you know, maybe on one day uh, Trump feels like pun- punishing me for making my toothpicks in uh, in China. Maybe the next day he feels like doing the more you know carrot approach rather than the stick and, uh, and, and bribing me to come home. Is it where it's going to go with whatever, however he feels? No, I, I criticize I criticize that strongly, and I also say by the way. Uh, however we feel about it whatever, whatever, whatever we would prefer The reality is that right now A lot of goods are made outside of the US And if a 35% punitive tax Was actually placed Punitive tariff was actually placed on those goods you, you, Your life is going to very quickly become Almost uh, you're, The cost of living is going to skyrocket For middle class Americans you know, when you go to Kroger or you go to Walmart, the stuff that you buy, consumer goods, they're going to be at least 35% more expensive overnight because of something like this. And that's going to make your life much more difficult and you're not going to be able to buy a lot of the things that you buy. That's the reality. So this is actually, those, those, that tax is passed on to the consumer and this becomes a tax on middle America. This is a 35% tax on middle America. You want to do something like that and first repeal the federal income tax? Then we can talk. But to keep those taxes in place and then put a 35% extra tax on top of that, that's a horrible, horrible idea. And it's not consistent with any principle of free markets that I've ever heard. And it empowers the president in a way that he just simply should not be empowered. So I would criticize that. And yeah, when Trump goes on Twitter, spreads lies and rumors, I say grow up. You're the president-elect now. You can't you know, grow up. When Trump seems to back down already from his border wall promise or when he says Clinton has suffered enough and shouldn't be prosecuted after months of, of uh, people chanting lock her up at his rallies and him encouraging it, I say, you know, don't do this. Don't, don't betray your supporters like this because that is a betrayal. And on down the list, case by case, case by case. I think so far Trump has done and said some really good things. He's done and said some really bad things. Uh, how does it all shake out on balance? What, what does it all average out to? I don't know yet. We're gonna find out. But don't tell me, well, wait for his presidency to have wait, you know, give him four years to have his presidency, to have a full term, and then we can start judging. Don't tell me to do that because we not that's 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 ridiculous, and that's not that's not a standard that you have ever applied to any president before. Did you did you give Obama four years before you judged what he was doing? Did you even give him four minutes? Did you wait? Did you even wait till he was in office before you criticized Obama? I don't I didn't. I doubt very much if you're a conservative that you do. You did. In fact, I know you didn't. If you're a conservative and you were a conservative uh, four years ago, eight years ago, I know for a fact you did not wait to criticize Obama until he had been in there for a year, two years, three years. And why should you? If he's doing the wrong thing, why should you wait to say something about it? This is not, you know, the the president, this is the most important job in the world. Um, it's the most important single sort of job in the world that one person can hold. Uh, certainly the most important political job in the world, let's say that. and uh, and these are grown adults, grown men who have who have run for this position and uh, been given it, entrusted these responsibilities. And we're not going to treat them like children. Like, say, oh, give him a chance. Don't say, anything. you know, don't be too judgmental. Don't too, be too hard. This is his first time. Okay, this is not like a child learning how to ride a bike. This is not like your, four, you know, your 14-year-old son uh, plays in his first uh, football, high school football game, his first JV high school. And you see him, and you see him whiffing on tax, tackles all over the place. And you want to kind of shout from the stands, hey, you missed that tackle. And your wife says, I "Give him a, this is his first game. Give him a chance. This is his first game. That, that's not what's going on here. This is, these are grown adults. This is the presidency we're talking about. And there's no, let's give him a chance. There's no, it's his first time. He's learning. This is a 70-year-old man who wanted to be president and tried very hard to become president. And now he's got it. And um, th- there's no grace period. There's no grace period with the presidency. You don't, you, the the enemies of America aren't going to wait for a while for you to get adjusted. All the problems in America aren't going to wait for you to get adjusted. You better get in there with a plan. You better know what you're doing. And if you don't go in there with a plan and you don't know what you're doing, then you should have never run in the first place. But either way, you're going to be criticized. You're going to be attacked right away. And if you deserve it, then I'm going to be among those attacking you. And if you don't deserve it, then I'm going to be among those defending you. And it's as simple as that. That is my strategy. Good, bad, and different that's my strategy and it's the strategy that every american should employ it's the most american most rational most logical strategy consistent standards consistent principles judge on the merit for better or worse that's it i'll talk to you guys next time our crucé salus godspeed